0: Welcome to Rhythm and Words, a podcast exploring the rhythm of women in their 20s. I'm your host, Vivian Kruko, but you can call me Viv. The stories shared on this podcast dive into the joys, lessons and journeys that we experience as 20-somethings in the world today. If nothing else, I hope that the following conversation inspires you to explore your own rhythm in one form or another. Releasing this episode in this moment of time feels pretty damn surreal. As I record this intro, I'm sitting on the floor of my new and very empty Melbourne home and I'm still pinching myself that I made it here. I spoke to the lovely Lucy Green of Homebody Club about her experience of moving from her hometown to a new city a few months ago, so it feels like perfect timing to release our chat to the world today. Lucy shares some brilliant advice about making friends somewhere new starting fresh and the reality of moving interstate in your 20s as a fellow introvert I took great comfort in Lucy's words and carried them with me throughout my move from Cairns to Melbourne I hope that you find some solace in them too and know that if you are moving right now it does get easier and the chaos will subside let's dive
1: deep with Lucy
0: Hi, just- Lucy. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. How are you feeling today? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm feeling really good and excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. So, we're diving into moving to a new city in your 20s, which is a particularly timely, to- timely topic for me at the moment, as, as you know, I'm moving interstate to Melbourne in a couple of months. Um, so,
1: what age were you when you moved there? Uh, so, I was 21 when I moved from Adelaide to Melbourne. Wow, that's young. Yes. Yeah, so I finished uni and um, got a job in Melbourne in the career that I wanted. So, yeah, I ah, moved. That's awesome. So, did you go by yourself or with someone? Yeah, so originally I moved by myself. Mm-hmm. And then three or four months later, my boyfriend at the time um, moved over. So, mm. Yeah, for the initial setup and everything, I was by myself, Aww. which was a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's full on. And was that was that your first time living out of home?
1: Yeah, so, so um, I'd always lived at home, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it was a huge step going from interstate, mm. like moving from interstate, and all the logistics of that. But then also thinking about like gas, electricity, internet, mm. rent. Just all that that adult thing, like the adult things that you don't think about until you have to start dealing with it. Um,
0: that's full on too because you're not even like, you weren't even close to home where you could get your parents to, you know, come around and help you if anything went wrong. Yeah, and
1: I didn't have, um, like I didn't know anyone in Melbourne, so I had no family or friends. Um, And, yeah, it was, so that was a huge thing that I only had myself Wow! To, yeah, rely on
0: that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you had always wanted to do, or did you move more so based on the job opportunity?
1: Um, so throughout uni, I had always had the plan of working in fashion marketing, mm-hmm. and so in Adelaide there were very limited opportunities at the time. So this is six years ago now, mm-hmm. um, and so I knew that if I wanted to have a career um, in fashion marketing that I'd either have to move to Sydney or Melbourne, which are the two, um, yeah, biggest cities in Australia that have all the brands and Mm. um, magazines. Um, So I always consciously knew that I would move um, and it was just lucky enough that I got a job um, quite quickly after uni. And so, um, yeah, I was able to move to Melbourne. Melbourne's always been my... um, Choice rather than Sydney, it's just the vibe mm, for me. me I too. love Melbourne so much and the culture and the food and coffee, and yeah,
0: mm, um, yeah. that's awesome. That's so interesting because I feel like, especially when you're that young, everyone does seem to have an opinion like it's either Sydney or Melbourne, like you don't yeah. really want both, you either want one or the other. That's really interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I did, um, so I interned just for a week. Um, in Sydney at Harper's Bazaar when I was at oh. uni um, and that was really my kind of te- like trial whether mm-hmm. I liked Sydney or not and I didn't really like Sydney. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure the, the vibe of Bondi and the beaches and stuff like that would be great to live in but mm-hmm. the actual city which I would most likely have to work in it was just it was a lot like yeah. The, yeah, the environment was just too stressful and um I'm super introverted, so that sort of, like, really crazy busy environment, like, really kills my vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's intense, hey, you
0: have to, like, deal yeah. with a lot of energy.
1: Yeah, especially coming from Adelaide, which is a quite um, smaller city, um, mm. yeah, it's a big contrast.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to ask, actually, because I'm based up in Cairns at the moment, and it mm. feels like a big, I call it like a big, um, a big town it's a city but it just feels like a big small town because everyone still knows everyone here and it's very like in the industries it's very um still quite clicky and it's who you know and there's not Mm -hmm. really much opportunity for breakthrough because it's so small is that what Adelaide was like in terms of I guess the areas that you wanted to work in
1: yeah I definitely um felt especially when you're younger um yeah everyone knows each other um And so it can be quite clicky. It's such a small industry as it is Mm -hmm. there, Um, but it's kind of hard to break free from, yeah, your um, like childhood or high school. Like, yeah, everyone just knows each other. And so Mm -hmm. being able to move to a new city really gives you that freedom of like choosing who you want to be and Mm -hmm. your life and really designing your life rather than... um, being in the constraints of what you've grown up with and your environment that you've always been in
0: that is exactly what I'm looking forward to I just (laughs) want like a fresh like the cliched fresh start I just want to be like a person that nobody knows in a city and you can just walk through and do your thing and you don't have to worry about running into anyone that you know or have had you know past things with or ah, that must be so nice
1: yeah yeah it's really refreshing like um, in saying that there's always the other side of when you first move it is quite lonely not mm. knowing anyone um and it's such a contrast from as you said walking down the street knowing people to you yeah, walking down the street being by yourself not knowing anyone it's mm. it's funny um uh, but yeah it's if that's yes yeah, like you said if that's what you're looking for a fresh start then definitely keep moving to a different state to go yeah. it's scary but fun
0: Did you um, reinvent yourself in any way or, like, change what you wanted to do or things that you were, like, I guess, doing as activities?
1: I, I, um, I don't... It's hard because, because I moved from when I was 21, I think, so now I'm 27, so mm-hmm. I've been here for nearly six years. Um, I think that during that period of your life you're already going through such a transformation and you're really working mm-hmm. out who you are but then also, um, you know, what you want out of your relationships, your friends, your work, um, everything like that. Um, so I didn't actively come to a new state and think, oh, I'm going to be a changed person. Um, I think what I learned to do is um, accept myself more and the ways that make me happy. So mm-hmm. um, that's like, I mean, my um, website is called Homebody Club, so I'm I'm quite a homebody, yeah. and so it's that accept of um, allowing myself to be home and not pushing myself to go out and um, and. Being able to choose the friends that you um, want to hang out with, like like like-minded people that have similar Mm. interests and that sort of thing, like you really have more control um, over those aspects. Yeah, that sounds lovely. It (laughs) sounds so good
0: because it is hard, like especially as you said, like 21 or in your early 20s is such a transformation and you do kind of not fall out but you do fall away from friendships and it can be really hard when you just don't have anything in common anymore but you still run into each other so it's super awkward because you're like oh yeah let's catch up yeah sure and it doesn't happen then you see them again and it just gets awkward and awkward and he's like I wish I just never saw you because I you know have nothing against you but like yes we know we're not friends anymore but we're pretending that we are and it's just a such a head fuck
1: yeah I think um it's, you definitely have to work on friendships and relationships when you first move to a new city. Mm. Um, and so it is great to not have to have, yeah, that those forced relationships from previous years. But in saying that when you move to a new city, a lot of people already have really well-established friendship groups. Mm. And a, I found a lot of people still... Um, hung out with their high school friends uh. um, and so they weren't looking for new friendships um, and so it does take a lot of work and especially for somebody that might be a bit shyer or more introverted really pushing yourself to um, put yourself out there and to meet new people and to be in those social situations to create mm. new friendships
0: because that's full-on hey like ugh. meeting new friends wherever you live is tough because like you said Everyone seems to have these predetermined groups, and like I spent six months in Brisbane for uni. I think I was nineteen, maybe twenty, and I had the same issue where I kind of made friends, but they all lived and grew up in Brisbane, so they already had friendship groups. So it was really, really hard to actually get in and like get invited to places. And I guess it was a good learning lesson for me. Learning lesson, lesson for me, (laughs) because. Yeah, now whenever I'm like the person in the friendship group and there's a new person coming in, I always make sure I'm super welcoming and try and invite them and because I know what it's like and it's shit when you are just trying your hardest and you just don't feel like you're actually accepted because you've only been there for five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's really hard. Um, I remember just before I moved, the advice that I kept on getting from people was to say yes to everything. Um, Mm. because so when, you know, like a girl at work would ask me out for coffee or for a Friday night drink or things like that, Mm. always say yes and put yourself out there because if you say no, then they might not ever ask you again because you're Mm. coming across as not being interested. Um, and so, yeah, the first few months I was saying yes to everything and just Mm -hmm. really try to, um, create those connections and, um, yeah, even being bold and asking somebody else out for a coffee or, or a drink and, um, yeah, just just trying to yeah. worm your way into, <laughs> into yeah, the Yeah,
0: that's how it feels. Hey, You really feel like a little bit sleazy, but you're like, oh, yeah. you, you got to do something. You have to take action. Otherwise, like you said, like nothing happens. And yeah. everyone is so, well, we all think we're so busy. So sometimes it is hard to, you know schedule things in and stuff so if you have an opportunity to be like let's get a coffee yeah do it because they could end up being your best friend exactly Mm. yeah so I guess I had one of my questions was how did you find making friends like did you I guess how long did it take for you to find a group of uh, people that you actually felt really connected to like yeah
1: what was that like Um, So I worked full-time when I, as soon as I moved over. So all of the friendships that I initially had were from work. Um, And so I think, yeah, so I think that if you're in a full-time or like permanent role, then it's a lot easier to make friends because you've got um, people at work. My office was predominantly female. Mm -hmm. um, And so, yeah, I kind of, um, we had like a little, group of our department. Um, but it probably took like six months to a year to really establish wow. true connection. But in saying that I've always been the sort of person that has had a really small, tight group of friends. Mm. They're like my best friends. And I'm not the sort of person to have a huge bunch of acquaintances that just mm-hmm. really drains my energy. Um, And so I think it might be different for somebody that really loves acquaintances and can, you know, have lots of different friends. But for me, Mm -hmm. I really thrive on, like, deep connections, and so it took a bit longer. Um, But, yeah, so I I essentially just did – just made relationships through friends and then friends of friends, and that's how I grew out my circle.
0: Mm, That's nice. So it was quite organic and just kind of let it happen as it happened.
1: Yeah, I think – Yeah, I definitely didn't proactively seek friendships elsewhere Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably the advice that I would give to people moving, especially these days there are more things like um, Bumble BFF and Mm. um, there are so many co-working spaces now. So, like, you could meet people if you're a freelancer and I feel like there's just so much more more opportunities now to meet new people. So really take advantage of that. It's funny you mentioned Bumble BFF. Sorry. I'm still doing that now. Like I'm still going Ah. to events and things and like meeting new people Mm -hmm. and
0: yeah. That's really good because that was, yeah, I wanted to know like how are you finding it now that you're six years in? Um, Are you, I guess you don't ever really stop making friends or meeting people, but are you finding it easier now because you do have like an established home base and you do have some friends to fall back on if things don't work out.
1: Yeah, I think I have my core group of best friends, and mm-hmm. um, I we always work to really catch up with one another. And um, so I have yeah my support network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I recently moved to a more like working from home, freelancing mm-hmm. work vibe, and so mm-hmm. because of that, i would started branching out and. Um, looking not looking but meeting people um with similar working environments um that's cool and so yeah so doing lots of things like yeah meetups or um like women's circle um that we both attended (laughs) I know I
0: saw we went to the offline women's circle in Melbourne and neither of us like I think we both kind of like, oh, she looks familiar, but we didn't click yeah. until like a, like a month or two later. And we're like, I think I <laughs> like saw you at this event.
1: Oh, crazy, oh, I right? love it. Yeah. Just to um, each but, other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those sort of things are really good for, yeah, meeting new people and, mm. um, yeah, extending your network.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. Because as a, like someone who works from home myself, I have been going crazy up here like cuz i don't have any other friends who really work from home or i don't really have many friends yeah. who actually live here like a lot of my friends kind of live an hour or so away or down south and we're very scattered so i've just been quietly going insane sitting in my home office and i am so excited cool. to do what you said and like do some like co-working days and stuff like that and meet people who are also freelancing and even just to sit next to someone with your headphones in in silence is just so much more comforting than sitting by yourself at home with music or a podcast blasting. (laughs) Talking to my cats. (laughs) Yeah, literally me. I'm like, oh, hi, what are you doing today? And she's like, can you just leave me alone? Like, yeah, (laughs) please don't. Yeah. God, fun times. So do you have any other, um, so I know you mentioned women's circles and like co-working days. Um, What other kind of areas or like activities or like events and stuff did you go to where you met people? Because I think that's something where when you move to a new city, there's just so many things that you don't know and it feels very overwhelming because you're like, where do I start? And like, particularly for me, Cairns doesn't have that many things Mm -hmm. going on, so I think I just, I don't even know what opportunities and what things are out there because I'm so used to like the same events over and over again.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, so other things. So even just looking on Eventbrite, um, there oh, are so many, yeah, there are so many networking events, meetups, women's circles. So mm. um, you can look up what you're interested in or your specific location, like suburb, um. And there's so many, especially in Melbourne Mm -hmm. and I'm sure in Sydney as well. Um, So just looking that up in your area. um, Yeah, if you're a freelancer, as I said, co-working spaces, not only is it really good to work in, but they normally hold a lot of like Friday night drinks or Mm -hmm. talks and seminars and things like that. So it's a really great place to meet people. Um, What else? Well, I haven't tried Bumble BFF, but... Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's such a genius way to meet new people. Um, What else? I think um, you could also join like a yoga studio, Pilates studio or a gym, whatever you're into. Mm -hmm. But if you aim to sign up for a really small one, then they always have a really tight knit community. And so you could meet people through there as Mm -hmm. well.
0: That's nice, yeah, like regulars that come every week.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think. And then even just if you do have contacts already in the city that you're moving to or just moved to, asking them, you know, do you have somebody that you think that we could like that I could connect with or mm. can we go out for drinks with your group of friends and being yeah. a bit proactive like that because people love to introduce other people and like, you know, it's a feel good thing. So, yeah. um, and most likely their friends are similar to them. And so mm-hmm. if you like them, you should get along with them. Yeah, group. that's very true.
0: It's funny you mentioned that actually, because one of my fondest memories of, um, I went on a trip to Melbourne by myself. It might have even been my first one, to see Catfish and the Bottlemen, um, when they yeah. were doing like a Splendor slideshow years ago. And I went down there and the person I was supposed to go with couldn't come. So I reached out to my friend Siobhan, who I'd met at a festival. So we'd only met like once before. And I'm like, oh, do you want to go to this gig with me? I have a spare ticket. And she's like, oh yeah, sure. My friends are all going anyway, so we can go as a group. And it was so lovely because they were having dinner beforehand and they invited me to dinner and then we went to the gig and then we went out for drinks afterwards. And it was just like the most fun experience. Like they completely acted like, yeah, like I was their friend for years and I just met them and it was so lovely. And it just reminded me like there are good people out there who will take you under their wing. Like, because sometimes you do get into like a situation where, especially when you're the new kid, people aren't very welcoming. But, yeah, I think you really do just have to persevere, don't you, and just try not to take it too personally because then you find these gems and they're so lovely. And, yeah, I think part of that was, like, I want to move to Melbourne. It's got such a nice, like, people are so nice there. It's not like like that up here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, everyone's still small-town minds. And I shouldn't say everyone, but most people are small-town mindset
1: up here. Yeah. That's that's fun. Yeah, I think – I think a bigger city, um, you just have so many communities and cultures mm. and, um, you can definitely find, you might have to work for it, but you can definitely yeah. find your fit. Mm. That's
0: yeah. Just finding your place is such a big thing. Like, especially as women in their twenties, like just trying to find out where we belong. Yeah. such a and big you're, deal. You're,
1: you're finding out who you are as well. Like mm. it's, it, it's a really, um, yeah, intense time. Like a fun, yeah. but intense. Time. You're working Definitely. out who you are, what you want to be, who you want to be friends with, your environment. So, mm. yeah. oh yeah.
0: So, I wanted to jump back to the move for a moment, um, logistically speaking, because I'm really curious about that. Um, so, what was it like? Like, did you kind of go there with a blank slate, with like no possessions, or did you bring everything over, or how did it work for you?
1: So, um, Adelaide to Melbourne is about an eight to a nine hour drive or a one hour flight. Um, So, (laughs) compared to you, you're gonna gonna (laughs) you're moving to the opposite ends of Australia.
0: Yeah, it's like at least thirty hours. I'm like, oh god, just kill me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um. So when I first got the job or accepted the job, Mm -hmm. I had a month to move over. Um, And I literally knew one person in Adelaide who had lived in Melbourne Mm -hmm. and I said, where did you live? And she gave me this random suburb, said that she liked it. (laughs) So I looked it up on realestate.com.au, found a couple of rental places Mm -hmm. and then I flew over for the weekends. found one applied for it like I didn't know the suburb I didn't know Mm. anything about it um and so I got that one and so when we so when I um when I got accepted for the unit my parents and I drove over with what was it I had so I had my grandparents old fridge um and my bed and that's all yeah, and so we drove that over, and then the next weekend I flew over with, um, yeah, suitcases of clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I first started, I was on minimum wage as a marketing assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, yeah. So I had a TV. I bought a TV, but I couldn't afford a lounge for a year. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I had a beanbag. Nice. <laughs> And, I, yeah, I didn't have a dining table, a desk or anything like that. So I literally had my bed, a TV, a beanbag and a fridge. Wow. That's it's very cool. minimalist. <laughs> yeah, most <laughs> minimalist. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's, that's crazy. Did you? Because I keep hearing, like, people keep telling us, like, cut ties with your furniture and buy everything down there, like, because there's so much secondhand circulating. Did you find that when you were, I guess, collecting furniture eventually?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. The lounge that I bought a year after moving, I mm-hmm. still have it now and that was secondhand. Oh, um, cool. But especially when you're renting, I, if it's not a huge deal to you, I would say just buy it secondhand as much as yeah. you can because um, it's not your, like, dream house. So why invest so much money? It's mm-hmm. It can be so expensive. Yeah. Um, So yeah, lots of op shops down here, Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, all those places have really good options Mm. and then Ikea for the things that you can't find.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. I'm so excited for the, like, I love, like, secondhand and vintage shopping, so I'm just waiting to go nuts because I'm following all of these um, Instagram accounts that do the drops. Like. And gold is my favourite. They're amazing. Yes. And I'm yes like, I really I want them. them. But I can't justify the shipping. So I'm like, just wait, just wait, and you can get it next year. Right. So I'm just Sitting here like yeah. every single week just drooling over there like, is it tra- Travertine? Travertine? Or like that beautiful marble-esque yes. furniture. Ugh.
1: Oh, it's, it's all beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and then you can, especially you don't know the space as well. So once moving in, yeah. you can suss out what you actually need. Yeah. Um, and then the size of everything as well. Mm,
0: That's a good tip. Did you end up with that first place you found? Did you like it, the suburb?
1: So the one thing that you don't realise until you move and live in Melbourne is that the Mm -hmm. traffic is terrible. Okay. So (laughs) to where I was working, Mm -hmm. but with with traffic, it's like it was over an hour to get there. So... Um, so I would just, it was, it was a really nice area and I ended up staying in the general like location, but just another suburb on, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I would suggest if you can afford it to come, like go to the city that you're moving to and suss out the different suburbs and have a look and, Mm um, you know, if you need to be near somewhere specific, then yeah try to explore a bit before you commit or even um, a lot of places do. I think it's flatmates. You can get like short-term leases or a room and things like that. Um, So instead of signing up for a 12-month lease that you might like hate Mm. within a month of moving, um, yeah, if you can, if you have the funds to be able to do a short-term lease or explore beforehand and just suss it out, then I would definitely recommend that. Yeah,
0: that's a really good advice actually because, uh, yeah, like you said, with the traffic, you don't know until you live there and that's really hard because even as a visitor sometimes you don't really, say if you go on a Saturday, it could be completely different to like a Monday. So you need to (laughs) spend a few days if you can, yeah, and suss it out. And that's like a good point for rent as well because I know some people are like, ah. like that maybe this place is a bit too expensive but once you factor in like travel time and maybe travel expenses you could spend the extra train or 20 bucks a week on somewhere a little bit closer and like you're saving exactly. yourself time and money in the long run really
1: yeah I think you have to um, balance between yeah what your priorities are if you don't mind sitting on a train for an hour then that's totally up to you um, or being, yeah, sitting in traffic in the car for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you just have to, I I guess it's just your own personal preference of how long you want to travel for and how much you want to spend on rent. Rent's quite expensive in Melbourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm learning <laughs> <but> that. <yeah.
0: laughs> uh, and it's, yeah, that's just such great advice because I think especially when, like, For you and I moving from smaller cities or smaller towns, there's so many things that you don't think about that is like just a normal thing for like Brisbane City, uh, sorry, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah, because like traffic here is, we're like, oh, it's shit traffic and it's like 20 minutes. It's like a 20 minute drive or a 30 minute drive is a long drive. Whereas down south, it's like, oh, that's unheard of. So yeah, yeah, it's something we're going to have to adjust to, I think. And I think a lot of people have to
1: adjust to when they move. Because,
0: yeah, it's just a completely different ball game. Definitely. Yeah, mm. it's
1: a new way of living.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's exciting, though. Is there anything that you didn't budget for or take into consideration when you moved that you, like, wish that you did?
1: Oh. Um, budget for. I... I think I was pretty good with budgeting. Um, Mm -hmm. I had started saving in my last year of uni um, just to have it set aside. Um, I would say just to prepare, like make a bit of a spreadsheet of things that you're going to have to pay for. Mm -hmm. So, um, and maybe do some research if you can beforehand. So um, with like a deposit for your rental, is it going to be Mm -hmm. four or six weeks? What's that going to look like? Because, yeah if you're only budgeting for four weeks and then six it's six weeks like that's a that's, that's a big, big difference. Unwanted surprise, yeah yeah um, and then set up costs for like internet like home oh, wi-fi yeah. um, any gas water electricity setup fees mm. um, yeah
0: that's interesting but uh, have you f- have you found down south like with the gas that you have to set up the gas or is that already included? Because up here, it's kind of like a an included thing within the rent and they set it up for you. Oh, uh,
1: no, you have to set oh, it up. Oh,
0: gross. Oh,
1: no. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah and
1: so in most places, water you have to set up as well. So electricity, gas and water. Oh, my God. Have to set up. Brutal. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would suggest, so I'm sure that... I don't want to get like super specific about Melbourne Mm. but um, I'm sure this would be in all capital cities in Australia at least. There's definitely um, comparison websites that you can log on to and you put in your suburb and you can suss out the different rates and the different um, companies that are providing the um, utilities in your area and so and then you can sign up through them through that website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really good advice actually. Because up here yeah, we so don't have really options.
0: Easy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no options. Yeah, there are lots of options. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, this is I'm this is really good because it's some um, all the things I hadn't thought of and I'm sure lots of other women don't think of either because you just go through the main things like okay, what am I doing with furniture? What am I doing with like the house? What am I doing with my clothes? Like pets, it's kind of like the the main big things. When are we actually going to move? But you don't think of all of the annoying little things that actually can take up a lot of your time and, like you said, potentially a lot of money. So,
1: damn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do some research. Um, And I'm sure if you Google, um, like, a moving template or something that there should definitely be Mm. some spreadsheets and things like that out there for budgeting.
0: Yeah, that's good advice, actually. Yeah. Yeah so much advice I'm loving this (laughs) (laughs) so I know we touched on loneliness earlier but I wanted Mm. to know once you moved over did you have any regrets in the early days because you were feeling like lonely or homesick or like maybe your job
1: or were you like confident in your decision It's really hard, I think um, at the start, yeah, it was really lonely, and mm. there were lots of nights where I would like cry and um, oh, i don't th- I, I don't think I questioned my decision to move based on my career, mm-hmm. but it was just hard, so it's so hard being by yourself and the loneliness that um, I definitely. I, I don't think I ever regretted the decision because it was essentially the only way that I was going to be able to have the career that I wanted. So mm. I was really um, steadfast in that. Yeah. And that. And I just had to keep on reminding myself of my why, of why I was moving and why I was doing it and mm. envisioning the long-term effects of what that would bring me.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point too because sometimes, when you, like you said, when you do move, it's not an instant payoff and it might not be everything that you've pictured. So it does. Yeah. Like you said, it will take some time to find your groove and yeah. Like some people, they might not find their groove and they might move home, but
1: yeah, I think you definitely Mm -hmm. have to give
0: it a few months. Hey,
1: I would say even a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, just be really kind to yourself during this, during the time it's, one of the biggest things that you can do, it's one of the most stressful things that you can do Mm -hmm. and yeah, allowing yourself to feel all of that like wave of emotion um, and allowing yourself the time just to, yeah, to adapt to the change, to create a new life for yourself. Um, Anything that's worth doing isn't going to be short, like two weeks and you're feeling great. Um, so yeah, even if you could, yeah, if you could give yourself a year to really settle in, find your groove, work out your suburb and your support and your community, um, and your network, yeah, mm, give yeah. yourself the space and time. Yeah,
0: I like that because yeah, it takes it takes time. I wish it don't. I wish it didn't, but it does. Hey, it's everything new, even like new jobs and. Even like relationships and stuff, you really do have to kind of give it the time to figure out what it is and friendships as well. Like something may not be what it is in the first month or two, like a year down the track.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, My best friends now that are in Melbourne, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known within the first couple of months how close we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Yeah, give that time to grow.
0: Yeah, and give give people a chance and give yourself a chance too.
1: Exactly. Yeah, don't write yourself off or the move too quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, that brings us nicely onto Homebody Club, which I really was excited to chat about. So it is a beautiful and curated online community that you have built. So it has, you've got the journal, you've got the shop, you've got the book club, and I think I'm missing something you've got four things a
1: newsletter newsletter, a a new which letter. is great. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what was the inspiration behind
1: creating that? Uh, so the inspiration behind homebody club. Um, so for most of my career, I had been in corporate marketing life, which mm-hmm. means that I'd always worked with really big teams um, and about year and a half ago I made the call to move from a corporate environment of a team of 60 um, to a startup which was just the three of us wow. um, and the two founders weren't around that often and so it would be predominantly me by myself in the office mm-hmm. um, and so adjusting to that change I would listen to a lot of podcasts and um, and in my spare time, read a lot of blogs and books. And so mm-hmm. there were all these things that I was learning and I was starting to get into self-development and like that sort of genre. Mm-hmm. And um, I would keep on talking to my boyfriend and like best friends about it. And I just got the feeling that they were kind of getting sick of it. Ah. <laughs> <going> <laughs> That's me them. right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and at the same time, it was this, yeah, really a, this transition time of feeling really lonely Mm -hmm. being by myself Um, and so I was looking at these communities online and a lot of them were predominantly um, American um, Mm. of um, women meeting up and having a community and so I thought that I would just start my own website well yeah blog to start, Mm. just where I could talk about the things that I was learning about from podcasts and books and Mm. things in the hope of meeting like-minded women to create a community and basically make friends Mm. through, yeah.
0: That's so cool. How long have you had it for?
1: Um, So I've had it for over a year now Mm -hmm. Um, and the newsletter is nearly a year old, so I started that in January. Oh wow! Yeah. That's so so cool. um, yeah, yeah. It's been a busy time. So I basically utilized the skills that I had learned from my career mm-hmm. um, to yeah to make my own little home online. Yeah, that's really cool. Did you take? I guess how much time would you say it takes each week
0: for you? Because you have a lot of articles that come out as well that you're curating and I guess collaborating with people with so. Yeah. How much of your time does that actually take up?
1: It's taking up more and more now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the, so for those who are not aware of the newsletter, so it's a weekly newsletter where um, we recommend things to read, browse and listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Throughout the week, I really try to collect things that I'm seeing or mm. recommendations that people send to me and things like that. So I have an ongoing list. Um, and then it takes me about five or so hours to um, write and create and design the email each week. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes me more time. Just, yeah, it depends on how prepared I am for that week. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I try to do one to two blog posts a week so that could be um around five to ten hours on top of other like websitey things Mm. um and then a few hours on instagram and in the dms answering everyone which is great yeah um yeah that's like so it's kind of like it's it's, it's a part-time job so i'm doing a lot of it on the weekends and at nights, um, Mm -hmm. or waking up early and doing it while I drink my morning coffee.
0: That's, that's very dedicated of you. Like, yeah,
1: ah, that's huge when you've already got a job. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a lot to juggle and I'm very lucky that my partner is very supportive. And so he understands that sometimes I'll sit on the couch, like nine o'clock at night, answering yeah. people answering yeah. emails like that. Um, yeah, I'm so lucky to have the support network that allow me to do it as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, um, my passion and something that I love growing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love doing it.
0: No, yeah, well, I, yeah, I salute you because I have my own personal blog that I've had for years and this year it has dropped off the radar big time because I've just had other things that I've had to prioritize. And it, it's kind of sad because I, every now and then I think about it. Oh God, it used to be weekly uploads as well. And even for rust, my business, I was doing like, I wanted to do the same thing where I was doing monthly recommendations on like listening, reading and um, yeah, like articles, that kind of stuff. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I wasn't consuming content fast enough to be giving recommendations because I think I find something that I really like and I just cycle through it and instead of branching out. So yeah, I really applaud you for giving new recommendations every single week, because that's a lot of content that you have to consume and then determine whether or not it's worth promoting to your audience.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's Mm -hmm. a lot. And I really love it when people send through recommendations of yeah products that they like or websites or podcasts, because Mm -hmm. it helps me so much. um, They have a pulse on the community as well. Um, But, yeah, 99% it's, yeah, me reading things, Mm. (laughs) listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to go through all the content but then also make the content yourself. I think Mm. people really underestimate the time it takes to create a blog post
0: oh, absolutely
1: um, the research the writing and the editing and everything like that it's a lot so I salute full-time content creators
0: yeah yeah when you read one caption or one like you said one blog post we might read it in five minutes and be done with it but yeah, yeah like you said that's hours of work and fact checking and sourcing and all the other stuff even like you know in Photoshop, making sure the images look right and all that kind of crap. And
1: yes.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work. So you really do have to have that passion otherwise. I imagine it would be very draining having to put so much energy into it.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, passion also only gets you so far and then like mm. there is, it's just so draining mm. and you just want to give up and you're so tired. Um, and so it's just I actually have a folder on my Gmail of like nice things. And so sometimes when I'm feeling like a bit defeated or just worn out, I go back to that folder and have a look at the nice things that people have said about Homebody Club and, mm. you know, how they're feeling connected and love the community and that really drives me. Yeah. yeah oh. It's
0: tough. I have a, I have a folder like that as well. It's called Good Things. But it's just like <laughs> everything that I, it's an, even just like good emails and I'm like, oh, that's great and I just save it all. So I've got, yeah, like you said, a little pocket of my inbox that just has nice content, even if it's not just for me. Yeah. It's, mm. I think everyone really needs that. Hey, cause we often can just like, we're so quick to consume and onto the next thing. So yeah, I enjoy being yes. like, move it to this folder and I can come back and look at it on a shitty day. Yeah.
1: Mm. And you're never going to be motivated a hundred percent of the time. So it's yeah. just trying to get through those days where you're not motivated and how you can keep on pushing through. Mm. Well,
0: what do you do on those days? Like when you are feeling like oh, I just don't want to touch this
1: today. <laughs> um, I think it depends. Mm, if if it's like a, if there's a deadline, then you mm-hmm. have to do it. Um, maybe changing up my environment. Um, I work predominantly from home now, so maybe that's going to a cafe and working from a cafe or mm. um, going to the park, just trying to change something up. Um, if it's something that isn't going to be time sensitive, then maybe it is just giving myself the space to say, and I think this is like the best thing about working from home mm. and part time working for yourself, is just giving the space to say, okay. I don't want to do this today, like maybe journal on why because Mm -hmm. there's obviously some blockages. Um, But if it's from a creative point of view, maybe it's changing it up and doing something else that's productive for that day um, Mm -hmm. and not forcing yourself to do it because it's probably not going to be your best work if you're forcing yourself um, to just get through it. Um, Yeah, and just, yeah, so having that, like, I like to have a list and if I'm not going to do something because I don't feel like it for the day and it's not time sensitive, then okay, Mm -hmm. like, what else am I going to do that's productive that I can, I can do. I like that.
0: I used to have one of those actually when I was studying and working and I think I'd just started my business. So it was like a full plate and I was still like in procrastination station where I'm like, I just don't want to do anything. I'm so tired. So I had a list of like semi-productive things to do if I didn't want to work. Well, if I was home from work, didn't want to study, didn't want to do business stuff on the rare occasion. So, yeah, that's really good advice Just to have your your list of fun but productive stuff so you don't feel shit about, you know, not doing anything.
1: Yeah. I think um, there was an author, I can't remember who it was, but he said um, this really helps for people that procrastinate a lot Mm -hmm. is that if you're going to procrastinate and not do something, then set yourself um, like a schedule every single day. So every single day Mm. at 10 o'clock, he goes and writes for two hours, like absolutely like no excuses. You have to sit down and do it. And maybe it's not going to be your best work. um, And it's not going to be like, well, for him, he's an author. So maybe it's not going to be like the best new novel, Mm -hmm. but it's actually just, consistently showing up for yourself and creating a habit because those habits are the things that help you get through the tough times because you're never going to have motivation 100% of the time.
0: Yes, that's an excellent point. I really like that making a habit of taking time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's hard like or well, I think we make it hard for ourselves sometimes like we get the whole I'm so busy like overwhelmed like I've been really experiencing that recently and then when I spoke to my business coach she's like well just break it up you don't have to do everything every month like focus on one big thing per month for my business and I was like oh why did I not think of that why did I have to automatically assume I have to be doing everything because otherwise you know I wouldn't be relevant and yes there's so much crap that we put on ourselves hey like I
1: think I think as well um especially people in business it's Mm. Um, sometimes we get bogged down in working in the business and doing the little things, the tasks Mm. that aren't really doing that much but then we feel productive and good about ourselves doing it (laughs) and then it's actually looking at the bigger picture and thinking what are the the things that are going to help you push your business forward Mm. Um, or push the needle forward in whatever creative project that you're doing rather than getting bogged down in like the nitty-gritty of I need to respond to every single email that comes through. And <sighs> yeah, like all the little things mm-hmm. that yeah won't That's really help. Point. Yeah, definitely.
0: So back to Homebody for a second. Um, yes. How has it helped you make connections or friends? Like, have you made like have you made friends and yeah, connection to it?
1: Or have yeah, other people I've connected had, with each other through it? I've had um a few women reach out to me and like slide into my DMs oh. and just say how much they like love it. And mm-hmm. then we've caught up for coffee and things like that. Oh, wow. um, and I've done a couple um, in the past of like meetup brunches where um, I've said it to 10 people and people can come and um, have brunch like we mm-hmm. all talk as part of a community and just have like a chat and a coffee um, and so women through those branches have, like, we've all followed each other on Instagram and connected uh, that way. That's so um, nice. But it's definitely something for 2020 that I'm focusing on is, like, really how am I going to build this community um, mm. so that they have the opportunity to meet each other and talk more and, um, yeah, really grow that aspect.
0: Yeah, well, that was actually going to be one of my questions was if you had any plans to take Homebody Club offline. Because as soon as I saw your book club, I was like, oh, I would love to do like an IRL book club because I am a part of yeah. an online one, which is brilliant. But it is nice to be able to, you know, catch up and go to a bar or a coffee shop and face to face and yeah, just chat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm def. it's definitely a plan in the future to do more in real life things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's meetups or the book club, that's mm. book club is a key um is a key focus for me of how I'm Yay. going to build that out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when exciting. you move to Melbourne. <laughs> yes, I will help <laughs> you. Together.
0: <laughs> I was gonna make my own book club, but I only know like four people though. And I don't even know if they like <laughs> reading the
1: same things I do. So. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. It's bringing that online community into real life, and um, yeah, I'm just also being aware that I don't want to just do Melbourne things. Like mm. there are lots of people in all different states, and we have quite um, a big following in New Zealand. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so just trying to incorporate everyone, and mm. yeah, it's true. You that's almost what I'm need, yeah,
0: you almost need like a a representative in each like each city so that someone can organize stuff on your behalf or host stuff on your yeah. behalf. Hey, cause you can't be everywhere at once and no. it gets expensive. Um, yeah, really <laughs> expensive. Uh, nice yeah I would love to, but mm. yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I wanted to know if you had any advice to our listeners who like myself are looking at moving a new, moving to a new city in the near future?
1: Um, advice. I would say, so I'm the organisation queen, so mm. I would say try to be as organised as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, do your research and really um, focus on what areas and what aspects are important to you in your new life. So whether that's like public transport, travelling, mm. being near the beach, like all, all that sort of thing. Um, And, yeah, you can always buy furniture and things like that once you lease a place, so I just Mm -hmm. wouldn't really stress about that. And I would always just say be really kind to yourself. It's a huge transition. It's a huge time. You're going to be really stressed out. So, um, yeah, make sure to take the time to relax and look after yourself and, you know, give yourself the right nutrition so you're physically feeling Mm. great And um, make sure to to put in the effort to create new connections and a new community in your new state. But then also take the time to um, check in with your old friends and your old crew and mm. um, your your family as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Especially family. Yeah, so,
1: like, yeah do some Skype calls or FaceTime and yeah. um, set up a schedule so you can so you don't feel as lonely when you move. Mm,
0: I like that. Like a weekly call home so that you know, you know, you've got every single week you'll be touching base at least.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah.
0: I like that. And I was wondering if you could give 21-year-old Lucy any advice on the move, what would it be?
1: Oh, on the move. Mm. Um, I... Would say, um, oh, I'm not sure. It's really. <laughs> you on the um, spot. I, yeah. My advice would be, which is the advice that I've given, is to be kind to myself. So yeah. um, I'm not going to have everything perfect. Like I didn't have a lounge for a year, as I said, or a dining table. And just realizing that I don't need that. Stuff and mm. just to be patient. Um, and that I don't think I gave myself enough cre- credit at the time of how brave it is to move to a new city and mm-hmm. the huge change. And yeah, just giving myself the um, just. Yeah, congratulating myself and actually just saying like being kind and loving and say just take time out and be kind to yourself and everything will fall into place and just, yeah, give it time. Mm. It won't be perfect in a month.
0: No. And like you said, that's a huge achievement that you even moved. So many people talk about it and they're just too scared to actually take action. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah something
1: yeah. to be people proud of. Don't, People don't take action or when they do – it's too scary so they, yeah, move back straight away. So Mm. giving yourself that space, like accepting the fact that it's going to be crappy but that it gets better.
0: Mm. Mm, I love that. So I have a final few questions for you that I've been asking everyone. Um, Rhythm and Words explores the rhythm of women in their 20s. So I would like to know how you describe your own rhythm right now at 27 oh
1: my rhythm at 27 um i would say that i'm going through a new stage of self acceptance mm-hmm. um and so that's accepting what i really i'm looking for in friendships um in work in home and environment um and just really, uh, it's like a self-exploration. So really, yeah, learning a lot about myself and um, looking to what I want to improve on and, yeah, a lot of internal dialogue and internal um, right now. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: And how would you say that it's changed compared to when you were 20 or 21?
1: Well, when I was 20, I was in my last year of uni.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I was studying full time. Mm-hmm. I was doing placement at Westfield. I was interning at a PR firm and I oh was my God. <laughs> working in retail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, and now I am working part time freelancing and then also working part time on homebody. So mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot, but in in actuality, I've really given myself the space to mm. breathe a bit more now that I'm 27 um, and so I'm not so busy and it's not that hustle focus and mm. um, and it's not about um, trying to impress people because that was all just to get a great resume to get a job mm-hmm. um, and so now I'm really confident in myself and my abilities but um, also in giving myself and allowing myself that space to rest or to read and explore different topics and um yeah it's a lot more chilled out now compared to being 20. Mm, That sounds nice (laughs) (laughs) that's actually I
0: think out of all the women I've spoken to that seems to be a general consensus like it just calms down a little bit it's just a little bit more chill when you get just that Like I think from 24, 25 onwards, it's just like something changes and it slows down a little and it's so good.
1: Yeah, I think it's like you don't need to prove yourself anymore or you Mm. don't feel the need to and you just become more confident in yourself and in your skin. And even though I'm still like working on so many things and learning so many things about myself, Mm. um, yeah, it's definitely feeling more comfortable in just being myself. Yeah. There's so much power in that too. Definitely, yeah.
0: And finally, do you have any advice to girls who are about to enter their 20s as I feel like turning the big 2-0 often triggers an
1: existential crisis of sorts? I would say for people that are going into their 20s that... um, everything is going to change, the job that you're in now or the career that you're in now probably won't be the same and you'll probably change a lot um, Mm. and that's okay. And so um, just to keep on being curious and to keep on exploring and keep on learning um, and that will shape your entire life. But, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself because your friends will change, your life will change, your career Mm. will change. Um, Yeah, nothing stays the same.
0: I love that thank you well that's that's the end of my questions. so thank you so much for coming on the podcast
1: thanks so much for having me and inviting yeah. me on it's so great it's so great yeah
0: I'm so grateful that you've taken the time for you in this podcast today I know how many shows are competing for your love so thank you for choosing Rhythm and Words If you like this episode, you can review us on Apple Podcasts and share this story with a woman who needs it. For more behind the scenes, you can catch us on Instagram at Rhythm and Words Podcast, online at rhythmandwords.com, or join the conversation in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Women.